Good Evans, it's the Bobcast. Hi, how are you going? I am your host, Bob Evans slash Kevin Mitchell. Welcome back to the Bobcast. I know I've had a, a, a bit of a, a leave of absence lately. Um, this is because I've been uh, busy doing the Day on the Green Tour with Jebediah, which has been so much fun. We've been playing at wineries all over Australia. But yes, because I've been on the road the whole time, I just haven't had a chance to... Um, to get any pop, uh, bobcasts done, so very sorry about that, but very happy that uh, I've got another one for you now. So as I as I record this intro, I'm actually at my friend Josh Pike's house. We've been busy rehearsing uh, for the tour that we're about to start, um, which is going to be lots of fun. It's going all, all around Australia. It's called Another Evening with Josh Pike and Bob Evans. Yeah, basically we're just on stage together the whole time, every night, uh, backing each other up with each other's songs and it's going to be like two and a half hours on stage together. It's going to be really cool. And it's sort of a celebration of you know the fact that we first toured together 10 years ago. Um, so anyway, so we've been doing all the rehearsing for that, which has been going great. Anyway, let's get into the uh, Bobcast episode that you're about to listen to. The ARIA Awards are coming up uh, very soon. And I thought it would be fun, funny, uh, to... Uh, get together with Josh and do like a little Aria's preview, right? You know, like a form guide type thing. And so we we did it via Skype uh, just before I came over to Sydney. And I think I might have had a little bit too much to drink before we started too because when I was listening through to it, you know, I realised I'm kind of shouting a lot. So I apologise for that. I've probably got a little bit overexcited and... Uh, was, yeah, maybe just a little bit too pissed. Yeah, so I apologise for that. Hopefully that doesn't annoy anybody too much listening to it. So yeah, this episode is a bit of a detour from what I normally do on these Bobcasts. You know, don't use this Bobcast as being your, uh, you know, your Bible for the Arias because, you know, pretty much 80% of the time we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. We don't, we, we, we don't know who the people are. Or, but sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Anyway, um... Yeah, it's not it's not intended. We didn't record this podcast uh, intending it to be um, taken terribly seriously. Okay, so anyway, you'll get the drift. As usual, bad language. There's plenty of it. If you don't like it, don't. This podcast probably isn't for you. That's about it. Don't forget uh, to um, write and review if you've been enjoying the podcast. Uh, write and review on iTunes. That I would really really appreciate that. Here we go. This is I don't know what number. I'm up to episode 13 maybe uh, anyway it's, it's kind of not even a proper podcast episode anyway this is this is uh, the special aria edition of good Evans it's a bobcast <laughs> On the line. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure. This is a, um, a special edition of the Bobcast. This is the uh, the ARIA special edition of the Bobcast. I yeah. thought it might be fun for us to, uh, you know, on the eve of the ARIA Awards to um, 
just talk about the arias themselves and also, you know, the nominees and, you know, just to talk a bunch of shit about all of that stuff. Does that sound like a good idea to you or a terrible one? No, it sounds like a good idea. We're, we're both quite experienced with the arias and actually you'll be, you are staying at my house when you go yes. to the arias. That's true. And I'm coming yep. to the Arias now. I didn't know I was coming to the Arias last time we spoke about this, but now I'm coming to the Arias. So. Well, this you've is... already won an award this year, haven't yeah. you? Well, that's a, we that's, I think that's a good place to start. Not... Let's, let's get that out of the way. Let's get, let's get that out of the way now. <laughs> not, uh, no, not even that. Not even the fact that I won, which is important. And, um, you know, let's, let's face it, it probably should be the, the topic of the whole podcast, just, just how, I, how I won. <laughs> How I, how, how I got it happening, you know, what my speech yeah. was. No, but I think it's important to talk about the arias that happens outside of the arias, which yeah. a lot of people don't know about, which is the Artisan Awards, which is anybody for um, any awards for artwork, producer of the year, engineer of the year, um, and uh, things like classical music awards. All of those things happen at the Aria Artisan Awards, which happens a good three weeks before the actual Aria Awards. Yeah. And you won your award in what category? Uh, mine was the, well, it was a funny one because I, it was for the SSO recording, which is a classical, you know, sort of like a classical record, I guess. But um, it was in the category of best uh, soundtrack or cast recording for, a, for an original show, which was... Oh my God, were you, were you up against musicals? Yes. I was up against Kate Miller-Heidke, who did an amazing job with The Rabbits, um, Sean Tan and... and um, Whatever the, the other guys that wrote that, she did a, a an interpretation of a, this beautiful book that me and my kids love, and di- turned it into a, an opera called The Rabbits. And I think she probably should have won, but I'm at the same time I'm not going to give her, <laughs> I'm not going to give my aria to her. So yeah. <laughs> maybe you can share it. You no, know, I, no, just a bit of time share. No, because it no. still it says my name on it, so it'd be it'd be odd. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so let's get get into it because there's a lot to to talk about. Um, I thought we could start off by um, talking about what it's like to uh, go to the ARIA. So before we start going to the nominees, let's, you know, pretend that we're, it's ARIA day, right? Mm. And, and, and I just want to talk through the process that happens because it's really fucking weird. It is weird. Okay, so what, what happens is it starts off, and it hasn't always been this way. Like the earliest ARIAs I went to were in a theatre in Sydney and a lot of this stuff that we're about to talk about didn't happen. But in the last sort of 10, 15 years, it's been um, either well, it used to be at Homebush and now it's at Star Casino. That's a Sydney entertainment institution that we all love. <laughs> yeah. um, super classy. And but so it basically everybody just kind of meets at the, um, in a, like a foyer in the hotel bar and has drinks. And we all wait for our names to be called to go and stand in a line to then get into a limousine. So, you know, in those in that that early kind of stage, um, well, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm usually just kind of hopping into the free booze um, and trying very much to um, you know, get a level of comfort in what is a can be a, a very surreal situation because you're surrounded by all these other musicians and artists and, you know, famous people and sometimes celebrities that have absolutely nothing to do with music. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird vibe. You rock up to the hotel and you generally will quickly find a familiar group of people like, you know, yourself or other people in bands that we know or management or whatever. Um, I usually, I've for many times taken my wife along. So, you know, we hang out together and 
Then you do this weird thing, as you say, where you line up to get in a series of passing limousines yeah. that, that kind of cycle around the roundabout and you, and you line up to get in and you, you get ushered into this limousine. You get in, you drive about... 200 meters to the actual <laughs> Yeah, venue. if that, yeah. <laughs> These limousines are just going round and round in a circle. They're just like picking people up and dropping people off. Yeah. And, and it's all part of the show. Yeah. It's like everybody who's nominated or even not nominated, everyone who's a guest steps out of a fucking limousine onto the red carpet. It's, That's you know, right. It's totally part of the show. And it feels, and I mean, you know, for personally, it feels utterly ridiculous. It feels very scary for me. It's kind of like the school yeah. formal, but... Um... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's the only other time I've been in a fucking limousine. I feel, it feels like a school formal, but but it's <laughs> like way more mortifying. And the, the, one of the most mortifying experiences I've had with the red carpet, my, my wife, bless her, always just like escapes and goes around the red carpet and pops up the other end. But I always have yeah. to go down it and do press and promo and everything because apparently, sure. apparently it's worth... In terms of the coverage that you get, in terms of advertising dollars, my manager has told me that it's worth about twenty to thirty thousand dollars of. Oh, this is classic. This is classic Pike because you know the numbers, man. Um, Number you are the numbers, man. No, I, I love just, the I fact just, that I'm just interested. Actually, able to. <laughs> just somebody told me. I just remembered. <laughs> it. I didn't like. I didn't research it. I just somebody told me, and I remembered it. But anyway, that's why that's why everybody wants you to do it is because it's it's worth coverage, right? But I remember walking up at maybe I don't know, maybe sort of, <clears throat> I guess it was uh, Chimneys of Fire era, maybe or. Only sparrows, I don't know, but it was, it was a while ago. And I remember walking up and all these people were screaming. These young girls were screaming. I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think I had this kind of, uh, this kind of leverage. Yeah. And this, this is great. Yeah. And then I looked behind. It was some fucking dude from The Voice or whatever that has now yeah, subsequently yeah. absolutely disappeared from, from, you know, from the limelight. Yeah. And everyone was going, oh, you know, Trevor or, you know, Tony or whatever his name was. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I was like, ah, whatever. And I just walked through and... Uh, you know, went in to the uh, to the areas where I where I won. So you know, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, there is like to me, there are there are a few things more awkward and embarrassing than um, being on that red carpet, knowing full well that most people, most of the media, don't really know who you are. Certainly, all the um, the the very small brigade of uh, teenagers that have. Um, rocked up to watch it have absolutely no idea or give a flying fuck who you are um they're totally waiting for you know the big celebrities to kind of walk through i've had the same thing you know like where people have just started screaming like crazy and i've looked over my shoulder and it you know it's delta goodrum or Carly Minogue <laughs> or something um and also like that thing where you have to stand in front of a big kind of backdrop oh, yeah. you know and heaps of people take photos and i've done you know i've been in a situation i've stood in there and everything all these flashes going off, you know, you don't really know what to do. Nobody teaches you how to fucking stand. <laughs> and then when it's all finished, you know, this guy kind of like wiggling his finger over and I go over to him and he says, so who are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a, it's quite farcical. It's like an alternate reality. It's like, it's like you've stepped into a, like a reality show that you weren't actually invited to be part of. So <laughs> you know, it's like, who's this guy? It's like the, the yeah. party crasher in the Big Brother household or something like that. It's just weird, yeah. and it, but then you, once you run the gauntlet of that, and sometimes it's cool because you know, like the Triple J hosts do it, and um, there's always a handful of people there that you know, yeah, and you, you go know, and chat to them, course, and, it, and yeah. that that's yeah. fun and whatever. I have over the years like cared less and less to the point where uh, it's not not in any way denigrating the Arias, like it's super important. It's the only thing that we have in the music industry. It's the, it's the only sort of big award ceremony. 
apart from the operas, which is not televised. So it's the only chance for music to be kind of publicly celebrated in this country. And that's cool, you know, P- particularly now when we don't have any TV shows, like we don't have video hits, we don't have any kind of recovery or anything like that. So it's, it's, yeah. it's good that it exists. But as, a, as an artist that's not like a particularly mainstream artist, yourself or me, it's a weird kind of thing. And it's not at all why I got into music to do it. And so over the period of, of 10 or 12 years that I've been going to them, I've progressively cared less about what I, how I present myself. And to the mm. point where, you know, like, you know, there have been years where I've been dressed by Jack London and stuff like that. And one year I got offered to be dressed by the David Jones stylist and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you rock up in a suit and all this. And, and then it's just like becomes, it just becomes this fast. Again, it becomes a fast. It becomes like going to the school formal and like dressing up in your, 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 your best finery for what reason? I don't know because nobody yeah. actually cares. And then you rock up and, and now I'm just, I'm pretty much going to go in jeans and t-shirt and I think that'll be yeah. perfectly adequate. <laughs> Do you think that if you wanted to, because I've been thinking about this for a, the last few times I've gone, if you wanted to bypass the limousine thing and you just wanted to walk there, like, do you, do you think you'd be met with any resistance from like record company management that kind of thing? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think that I think you would be because I think it's they have a they actually have a, a schedule and a system. Yeah. So they 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 have like you remember there's all those the, the publicists at the sort of ushering you into the limousines yeah. and they have like walkie talkies and headsets and stuff and they're telling the publicists at the other end at the red carpet who's about to arrive. You'd but, end up so you you'd basically end up kind of looking like more of an asshole for not. Riding in a limousine. Yeah, yeah, you would. <laughs> if you did. You, you, although you um, could, you could pretend like you could. It's like um, if you rocked up without going, to, without going in the limousine, and you just kind of arrived on the red carpet on foot, you could maybe hijack the place of someone like Guy Sebastian or someone. You know what I mean? Like you yeah, could jump yeah. into their place and get way better press. So maybe it's you know maybe it's not a bad idea. <laughs> we've done the limousine ride. We've done the awkward red carpet. We've walked into the venue, which, as I said before, for the last few years has been at Star Casino after used to being at, in, at the um, uh, Homebush Stadium and, and years before that in uh, some, the, a, a state theatre, one of the theatres in Sydney, I can't remember. Was that the Entertainment um, Centre, wasn't it, one year? <clears throat> it could well have been. I can't remember going to one at there, but it could well have been. So we all get seated and the show begins. Now, we're going to go through all the nominees <laughs> Oh, but not all the nominees, but all the uh, different categories. All right, so best cool. international artist, best international artist, which I believe is a public voted category. Yeah. Um, and the nominee, nominee, nominees are Adele, Beyonce, Coldplay, Drake, Megan Trainor, Justin Bieber, One Direction, Taylor Swift, The Weeknd and 21 Pilots. Now, the first thing I'm going to say about this list is The Weeknd. They misspell their name on purpose. It's only one letter, though. It's just one letter. The weekend. But is that like a? Why would you purposely misspell your name? To, to, it's a because they've left out the letter E for ecstasy because he's like heaps into ecstasy. Ah, oh, bullshit! Is that why? I don't. I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded plausible. No, I think it's it like I think it, I think it's like a I think it's like a statement of like what is the weekend without an E? You know what I'm saying? No shit. I just made serious? that up, but that I don't know. That's good. That's I good like though. That. Yeah, that's good. That isn't is it? good. What that is the is weekend tw- without an E? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know these days. <laughs> it's pretty boring. <laughs> pretty fucking boring. <laughs> um, look, you know, obviously, uh, there's only a, a couple of. I mean, I don't know much about the weekend of Twenty One Pilots. Um, 
I know a lot about Taylor Swift because I've got two young girls that absolutely love her. She's the devil, you know, surely. What, She's the devil. What, like, <laughs> where are you? Where are you at with uh, Justin Bieber's recent material? Oh, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. I, I really don't. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't heard his music for years. But you know, I just I don't care. Like th- these people are in such a different. It's not the. It's a music industry which is so vastly different to what I know of as the music industry. You know. And yet we are still somehow beholden to the standards that they set in terms of sales and, um, you know, chart positioning and stuff like that. If you if you are tied up with a any kind of record label, you know, you're, you're always somehow still compared to the sales of, you know, Bieber and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, so I don't... why why do they have this category, a public voted category, best international artist? Is it purely to bring some international kind of you know, gravitas yeah. to the uh, occasion. I think it is, and I and I and again, and again, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, if you think about all these acts that are on there, they're the biggest acts in the world. And um, let's face it, the the general Australian public of sort of not particularly discerning music listeners, you know, like teenagers and and um, you know young adults that aren't sort of you know crate digging, they're just listening to Nova and Triple M or whatever. They like what they like. I'm not disrespecting them. I'm just saying they're just they're not discerning music lovers in the same way that I'm not a discerning sports lover. You know what I mean? Um, these are just people that like music. And so, in terms of making the Aria Awards a you know an event that appeals to a broader demographic, yeah, they've in- introduced this category to kind of get some interaction with with a, a public that isn't particularly interested in the music industry per se, the, the way that you yeah. and I know it. I guess when you kind of put it like that, it does make sense. And it's fun, um, you know. It's good, good on them. It's it's a it's a good way to kind of get some more more eyes on the screen. Because I, you know, at the um, Artisan Awards, um, Dan, who's the head of Aria, made a speech, and he's and and it rated the Aria Awards rated quite quite well on TV last year. Um, okay. And so you know they're wanting to they're wanting to get that happening again, which is that's sure, what it's yeah. all about, you know. Who do you want to see? Who would you? like to see win the best international artist award I couldn't Josh. couldn't give a fuck could not give a fuck yeah. megan trainer pipped me at the post for number one uh for my last record she got number one so you number hate two. her so I'd, i <laughs> i would like her to not get it um taylor swift is the devil as far as i'm concerned she's probably a murderer i think probably oh come on adele's music is so boring but good on her she's you know she's done well beyonce you know beyonce's cool um coldplay i actually no problem with Coldplay. You've been to to his house, haven't you? <laughs> that's true, right? Oh, that's... Uh, have I told you that story? Yeah, you told me that story. And now I'm asking ah. you to tell your listeners. Oh, God. Story. Go that's on. It's a great true. story. It's a great story. Oh, oh it's, it's actually not that good. It's actually just a, a, a... It's actually not that good. Well, I did a tour. This is as Bob Evans, a tour with Powderfinger in the UK. It was their last... It was when they were um, breaking up. They were doing all their final tour tours. And before they did their big sort of final Australian tour, they went to the UK and did a big final tour there. And they did like two sold-out Brixton Academies and stuff. It was pretty amazing. Were you playing solo? Yes. Far out. Was that, was that, how was I that? I know. It was, it was crazy. It was really crazy. And so after one of the nights, after one of the London shows at Brixton Academy, um, the next morning, uh, Ian from Powderfingers, like, because they, they're friends with Coldplay from a big day out years ago that they did together. And it was like, oh, you know, 
going around to Chris Martin's place. Do you want to come? And I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll come <laughs> along. So we went along and um, he lived. So this was in 2010, maybe? Yeah, 2010. So he was still married to Gwyneth um, at the time. And he, they had a house that was just kind of near. It was kind of a short walk from Camden Markets in London. And it was like they had these three triple story townhouses all kind of joined <laughs> joined together um and so yeah we went in and just spent the afternoon just hanging Gwyneth Paltrow wasn't there although there was this point where the phone rang or whatever and one of the kind of maids well one of his people came out hey Chris you know so you know phone call and he went in and then he came back later and he said you know hey kids you know your mum's on the phone I, I, I was going to try and do a Chris Martin accent then, but I just... Is he from Liverpool? Is he? <laughs> he's, 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 one of, he's one of the I Beatles, know. is he? It's the worst. Hey, kids, uh. It's the worst accent. The only English accent, oh, kids, uh. the only English accent I can do is like Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh, yeah. All oh, right, right. Your mum's hey, on kids. the phone. <laughs> hey, kids, your mum, Gwynny's on the phone. Right. <laughs> um, but look, I, I, he, was a, he was such a lovely man, and his kids were super cool as well, like... I was. I kind of went away feeling, thinking I was. I was pretty impressed, you know. He was, a, he was such a warm guy, and um, and his kids were like really well adjusted, not bratty, you know, rich kids. You know, they were like, they were pretty cool. So you know, props to them. But having said all that, um, best international artist, you know, uh, yeah, fuck it, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Coldplay can have it. Coldplay, yeah, Coldplay, I'm, or I'm Adele. Coldplay. They're a real. They're a proper band, you know. No bad mathing Adele because she, you know, she plays. I just find it just very bland, very very bland. But you know, whatever. Who, who what do I know? <laughs> I'm just a guy. I'm just a fucking guy. All right. So next category: Apple Music Song of the Year. What's this one? So okay. So this is obviously another public voted one, and um, okay. and Apple. You know, it's not just Song of the Year. It's Apple Music Song of the Year. I'm I'm pretty sure there was a time when there was like a best song was one of the kind of industry voted categories not that long ago but now it's uh open to the public and we don't know what the songs are thereby it's but the nominees are flume hilltop hoods illy keith urban featuring carrie underwood kung's versus cooking on three burners whatever the fuck that is ldru marcus ma and chet faker sia the veronica's choice of arm look i really like sia i i, I kind of you know in it to sort of paraphrase sort of quote regurgitator i kind of like her old stuff better than her new stuff but um but i am a i'm i still have a big soft spot for sia that was a soft spot for sia um so yeah you know i'd be happy i'd be happy to see her take this one out yeah i I think you know out of that list you know who i've got a lot of time for is the hilltop hoods because they have been at the top of the hip-hop game in australia for a long time now, and they've had an independent label. They've done good stuff. They give back to the community, and they just—they're like fucking—they're fucking bulletproof. Yeah. So I'd actually be—I—I I'd, I'd, I don't even know what song they're up for, but um, and you know what else? Like they actually do seem to be pushing the boundaries a little bit with um, you know, with the actual music that they're making and everything. So yeah, I'm going to go Hilltop. I know that you're a bit of a sort of repressed kind of rapper yourself. Oh, yeah. Aren't you? yeah. yeah. I've I've heard you. I mean, you 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 sort of try to bust out a few rhymes every now and then. yeah, yeah. Relax, double J. No, I'm out. No. Yeah, I'm actually, done. that that actually sounded pretty good through 
what I was listening to, but I know that when it when we edit it together, it'll sound terrible. No, no, uh, it'll be good. It's <laughs> some fat, some fat beats. All right, so best best Australian live act. This yeah. is more relevant to us, I think. Yeah, well, you know, this category, which I again I think is a public voter category, but you know, it's a great category. Best Australian live act: Courtney Barnett, Flume, Gang of Youth, Hilltop Hoods, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Rufus, who deserve King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard deserve an award just for their name. Rufus, who are Barlett. who are they? Who are they though? Let's uh, just dude, hold you up don't for know a second. Who because King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard are man. No, no. They're during like... the during the Artisan Awards when they announced all the nominees and everything, uh, my manager Greg was like, "Ah, oh, fucking yeah, I love King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard." And I was like, "Who are the who are who are they?" Psych like, rockers, oh, dude. They're so great. They're what are they? Psych. They're psych rockers. <laughs> okay, but are they good? Are they like psych rockers, like Tame Impala, and really good? Or are um, they, is it not? It sounds novelty to me. Yeah, but... I haven't heard any of their music. I haven't either. <laughs> oh my god! You haven't even heard their music. No, I know, but you know what? The Giz go the Giz. No, I have. I don't know their music, but I know people who like her. But, okay. Um, but who? There was oh, Tame Impala, The Living End, Violent Soho, You and I. You know, there are some. You know, those last few bands, You and I, Violent Soho, Living End, Tame Impala, all bands that I've seen live that I love so much. You and I, particularly being a band that I've seen. So many fucking times over the years. Mm. Violent Soho and Living End bands that I've toured with. This is a great category. And even people like Courtney Barnett and um, Gang of Youths, I think, are really, really exciting. I, you know, and so much of the Australian music scene, the, the kind of live realm of the Australian music scene has always been so important. And so many of our greatest ever acts that have come out of this country have been so good live, you know. and so That's true. Hey, so, so let me let me throw a let me throw a question to you. How I mean, I'm no. This is I like I quite I quite like Flume's music, and I think um, he's a world beater, and I think that's great for Australian music. But best Australian live act, like what? I mean, he, he wouldn't be playing any instruments live, so well, is that? Yeah, I mean, is it's, there some controversy there? Or not? Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, what is a live act these days? You know, exactly. It's just someone that plays their music live exactly it's just somebody even, who, even if it's from a usb stick it's not live it's public best australian public act <laughs> best best australian act that appears in public yeah may yeah. or may not play any instruments yeah yeah um right. but you know look fuck i think the horse has bolted there it's a bit like I, it's almost like a tired argument you know like i don't you know look there's no djs on the list so i guess that we should be thankful for that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. It's, you know I, I guess it comes down to... The, the, in 2016, the concept of putting on a show, you know, it's, it's so different to what it was 10, 20 years ago. It is, yeah. And I mean, even, even, for, even for acts that are playing their instruments, you have to constantly yeah. kind of reinvent the live show in order to... Absolutely. Keep your... Yeah. Keep your you know, your limited fan base coming back. But one thing I think is worth mentioning at this point, and you probably do this as well, but every, t- every time I've ever been to the Arias, whatever table I'm sitting at, we run a, we run a, a um, betting pool as well during ah, the night. So really? we always, yeah, yeah. Every year we've always like, we put, a, we put five, 10 bucks down and you know, you, you kind of tally up your wins over the, over the course of the night and whoever wins the whole night collects all the money. And uh, so with that in mind, who do you think is actually going to win Best Australian Live Act? Um, on the record. On the record. I reckon. Yeah, gee, that's tough. You know what? I would. I'd like to say Tame Impala. 
I, I reckon Gang of Years is going to win this year. Who? Gang of Years. Wow, yeah. that would be huge. But at the same time, I think Flume could easily win. I reckon I Flume. Think uh, yeah. Flume Violent could, Soho could win as well. Yeah. Flume could pretty much win. Win anything that they're. Yeah. yeah. He's, he is the guy. He is the guy at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, good on yeah. him. All right. So, best video. Again, Videos. we don't have the, you know, again, it's a, if this is the last of the public voted ones, I think. Uh, Courtney Barnett, Delta Goodrum, Flume, Guy Sebastian, Hilltop Hoods, Illy, King Gears and the Liz Wiz, Sia, Troy Savan and Violent Soho. I mean, we don't know what any of these videos are. I mean, I, I, I've we seen can't even, we can't, there's and, no way we can comment on this. We don't know yeah, the videos and we haven't, we don't know the songs. A bunch of people. Yeah. A bunch of people made a bunch of videos, and that in itself should be applauded. Yeah, today, good on these days. Yeah, <laughs> keeping it's the industry really... alive. Keeping yeah, the industry it's... alive. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I once spoke to a, a guy who made a vi- one of my video clips. Like, I, I ran into him at a, another event like a couple of years later, and I was like, "Oh, you still making videos?" He said, "No, nah, it's a fucking mugs game." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they pretty much just like, you know. They no one gets paid. Dude, from, from yeah. when I first started, like so 2006, 2007, when I made my first couple of videos and I was like, I really want to do animated videos. Um, and I love those videos. They, they were, you know, they're probably still my favorite videos for private education and, um, and middle of the hill. Though The budgets for those were something like 20 grand each. And then I remember on the next album, it was like uh, the budget for um, Make You Happy was 20 grand. Yeah. Um, which sounds like a lot, but that's that has to go a long way. I mean, they're expensive things. There's a lot of crew yeah. and there's a lot of lot of stuff going in. Anyway, down to these days in 2016, budgets for film clips are like maybe two grand. It's just like we're just gonna drop you in a forest with your iPhone, and yeah. you know, we'll pick you up in a day, and we'll just see what you come up with. Footage. We'll see what you got. <laughs> see what you got. That's <laughs> uh, true. It's true. I mean, it's it's you know, it's different for like massive acts or whatever. Um, that you know they'll still have a big budget but it's like it's at the end of the day you can't like what are you what are film clips for these days it's purely promotional and you don't have any in australia you don't have any avenues to have them played on tv or anything so you're just basically making them to chuck on whack them up on youtube you know exactly exactly videos are are made for youtube and i suppose you know when they were originally being made in the mt you know it's because of mtv and all that kind of stuff but now it's all about the internet and and you know look like anything internet related, that can be a great leveler because you can have like great clips that are made for no money, just have a great concept, you know, and people really love and yeah, and that's a cool thing. I just wish that I had one of those clips. That's all. Well, that's that's um, the thing. Like everybody, every time I ever do a clip, I'm like, let's think of some amazing viral idea, like something really low lo-fi and cheap and amazing, and like that'll go viral. And let's use all our creative brain power. I just can never think of fucking anything, you know, like no, <laughs> never, I've never thought of a good idea. <laughs> just, it's always, always shit. That's, that, we should make a uh, inspirational meme out of that. Josh Park, I've never thought of a good idea. <laughs> oh, no, I've thought of heaps of good ideas. Actually, I thought of an app idea, Kev. I thought of an app idea that I didn't right. pursue that I then saw in the like, you know, tech daily or whatever newsfeed it was basically exactly my idea which is now just got a uh, billion dollars in seed funding or something like that so there you go i've got is, heaps of good ideas is, mate is this the one about like something to do with like your when your baby's like asleep or something you told me you had a, like an app idea about like i don't know something that you played for your baby to fall asleep to or something 
I don't know. That's a good one, though. I, I don't remember <laughs> that. Was I drunk? <laughs> it sounds uh, pro- like probably. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Speaking of babies, best children's album. Um, you're Great segue. Great segue. Your mate Justine Clark is in there. Juzzy. Pat Davin, who is in our mate as well from the band Grinspoon, is in there. Yeah. Play school, just generally play school, not an individual person. Sam Moran, who controversially used to be part of the Wiggles, isn't anymore. And the Wiggles. This is probably the first group of nominees where we've got some real. We've got a real clash of the titans here. <laughs> and I'm starting to feel very Roy at HG. I just I feel like anybody could win this. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm my money's on my I'm, I would like Justine to win because she's fantastic. Having worked with her on this uh, this track for um, the Indigenous Literacy Foundation, we recorded a track together and wrote a song. And she's just she's just a fucking legend. She's great, really funny and lovely lady. Uh, and I've been actually writing some songs with her for her new TV show, which has been really fun. So I'd like her to win. I reckon that if you're a children's TV performer, you couldn't you couldn't fake being a good person, right? Like surely no. to to be a, a to be an appropriate and convincing children's performer, you have to be a good person. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like... I mean, just just look at Rolf Harris, Kev. I mean, just look at Rolf. Harris. <laughs> oh no, yeah. you're right. And You're that right. other guy, that other guy in the UK from the BBC that got done. Oh, Jimmy like, Savile. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, and just look at every priest, every Catholic priest. You know what you've so just done? Maybe. You've just, you've just destroyed my innocent, innocent yeah. mind. <laughs> no, but the, the thing about Justine, I, I, you know, like with a children's, I mean, she's not just a children's uh, of entertainer. Great she, actor, actor. Great yeah. actress and everything. But um, I, I sort of foolishly assumed that she'd be quite sort of proper and, you know, I wouldn't be able to swear and stuff like that. And she, you know, she's just a, I mean, it sounds stupid, but she's just a normal, a normal person. Clarky, mate. <laughs> she's Clarky. Clarky. She's Clarky. So, so uh, we'll give this, you know, give this one to Clarko. So Pat, you know, Pat did a children's book and, um, and accompanying CD and, uh, you know, and that's, that's a big deal. I, I know we have the same management. I know that he put a hell of a lot of work in that, so. You know, it'd be good for, for him to get a, a win as well. I mean, let's let's not give it to the Wiggles, you know what I mean? Like, the Wiggles always win it. Now that I've got kids, like, watching the Wiggles, now that I've seen the Wiggles and sort of paid attention to them, um, you know, good on them. They've fucking done amazingly well, but it's just the same shit over and over again, you know what I mean? Let's, yeah. let's get somebody new in there. I've got a bit of a crush on um, Emma, though, I must admit. Wiggles Oh, my um, God, the slow look, laugh. You got the surely, slow laugh. Surely, I'm going to say, I reckon Play School might win this just on the on purely on the grounds that it they weren't they celebrating their like 40th, 50th, and 60th anniversary. Yeah, 50th anniversary. 50th yeah. anniversary. So I think that could play into their hands, and they they might win on on that count. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, sure. best blues and roots album. Next. Uh, Next. Jimmy Bar- <laughs> <laughs> Bar- you got Barnsey. Kev Carmody, Russell Morris, The Cat Empire, and The Wilson Pickers. Would you describe any of those artists as blues or roots artists? Um, oh, uh, Kev Carmody, maybe. Yeah, he's maybe. rootsy. Yeah. I'd, I'd describe Kev Carmody as rootsy, and, and, and based on that, I choose him to win the award. Yeah. Uh, look, Jimmy Barnes, is, he's traded in blues, hasn't he? Traded in blues over the years. No, no he's tra- <laughs> traded in soul. He's traded in soul, not not really blues. Yeah. Or Russell so that, Morris. 
Russell that's the Morris, thing about the categories, though, isn't it? Blues records. Yeah, yeah, Russell well, Morris right. has actually. Yeah. But like the, the thing about the what's categories roots? is, what's yeah, what is roots? Music? You know, like the categories are all are, are wacky every year. You know, like that. It's sort of the most contentious issue about the Arias, I think, is the categories, and it's it's um the what I've heard said recently, which sort of made a lot of sense to me, is the categories should just follow um, the charting categories, the Aria charting categories. So in the Aria charts, you have best, you know, rock release, you have best Australian release, you have best classical release, whatever. Maybe the Aria awards should just follow those categories in order to simplify it and, you know, because, you know, like best, like what is, well, we'll get to it, but what is adult alternative? What is that? Well, you know, I see what you're saying, but, you know, I think um, the fact that there's lots of awards means everybody gets a prize. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't see what you mean. I think there are too many categories. But, anyway, who who do you want to see win Best Blues and Roots album? Oh, look, let's go for um, – I like Russell Morris. He's a, he's a really nice guy. And he, every time I see him, he says hello. And he's my drummer, Russell, whose name is also Russell, has played drums with him. And has said that he's just a lovely guy. So let's go for Russell Morris. Russell Morris, okay. I'll 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 do Russ too. And you know okay. uh, the thing the thing I like about Russell Morris is he he was spent years in the wilderness and then came back and had a yes uh, an album that went gold and you know and yeah old man shark, called Shark Mouth or something you know that's right I, old, I love old that man you know? Russell Morris yeah yeah, because it, yeah absolutely it's an I always think like story. wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if you're like sixty and suddenly you have a number one gold record again mate you know? i'm just i'll be happy if i'm still alive at 60 seriously <laughs> like, well sure give me an award just for being alive at 60 i'll take it all right okay. uh the, the next category is best hard rock slash heavy metal album so you know yeah interesting uh these are the nominees hellions king gears and the liz Wiz, my my old pals they're gonna parkway, have to win one parkway drive the abity affliction and 12 foot ninja now Best hard rock slash heavy metal. Um, I know I've I've heard Parkway Drive and I've heard Amity Affliction. Yeah, I reckon and, it's out of them. I reckon it's out of them. Well, they're both massive bands, yeah. but also like um, they're also bands that are like yeah. so the vocals are like that. And that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah, it hurt just to, like okay, we're both singers. How the fuck do they do that night after know. night? I don't know. I don't know. It's a different. I, it's a different type of singing. I couldn't do that. I if I did that for for one song, I'd be fucked for the rest of. the... I, I wouldn't have a voice. Well, That's it's insane. just like it's it's like a, it's an athleticism. It's like um it's like how some people are really good at you know rugby league and some people are good at golf. You know what I mean? We're sort of more <laughs> golfing singers. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's more We're about uh, you know yeah. It's more about accuracy and technique. Whereas, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the, these guys are, is more about just fucking like being a forward and just smashing you so, up. Through, you know? <laughs> so what you're saying, so what you're saying is, like we're like golfers in that, like you can you can get good young, but you could also still be really good when you're like really fat and like sixty. Yeah, you can still you can still be a good golfer when you're really old, but you can't you probably can't be a good rugby league player when you're really really old. You know, <laughs> that's a good yeah. I think yeah, I think that's right. Well, who would you give it to? I mean, I, I'll admit, um, I ha- I don't know Hellions or Twelve Foot Ninjas material. I'm sure it's both. I'm sure it's you don't. Good. You don't know. You just admitted that you don't know King Gizzard's material either. 
King Gizzard and Liz Wiz. They're my yeah, homeboys, bro. You, you don't even know. You haven't <laughs> never heard them. I think it's got to be Amity Affliction. I actually like, I like the Amity Affliction. I think they've, on this album, I heard it, a fair bit of it on Triple J and I think that they've stepped it up into a bit more of a pop direction. They're trying to, they're trying to go a bit more mainstream and, you know, and I, I'm pretty sure, I don't actually know this 100%, but I think both of those bands are um, reasonably independent, are they? Aren't they? Probably, yeah. And I, I and I, you know, so. I got you got I've got a lot of respect for any any band that's kind of built a a proper career being independent. So, but you know, that's interesting because we'll be talking about the best independent release soon, and um, neither of them are. We're in talking that. about no, neither of them are in that, but but that's for not because they're you know they probably are independent. I'd say there's a good chance they are, but the amount of artists that sell or that are popular or sell at records or have success that are independent today is vast and we'll 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 see that when we get to that category um so the next one best country album adam brand and the outlaws bill chambers fanny lumsden sarah stora and the wolf brothers all right well i've got a couple of personal personal connections to these a couple of these nominees Ooh, I'm sure you do. Um, so not actually personal, but Fanny Lumsden um, is, uh, well, she's not originally from Sydney, but she does a lot of stuff with my guitarist, Matt, uh, in his studio um, and his and Matt's wife, Amber. They've played a lot of shows together and stuff like that. And I, I just think Fanny's done a, a great job of, of coming up through the ranks. I think she's done an amazing job. And Sarah Stora, she actually recorded uh, a bunch of that stuff for this album that she's nominated for in my studio here where I'm sitting right now. So um, either of those. And I think, you know, Fanny's a newcomer, so I, I would like to see Fanny win because I, I just think that it'd be a massive step up, a step up for her and, you know, kind of set her on her way in that, in, that, um, in that category, you know. So, yeah, I think Sarah Stora or Fanny would be great. Yeah, I mean, I this is a hard one for me because you know I love country music. I really, really? love country music. But really? uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, so do you like Keith I'm Urban? Just, well, Keith Urban is a is I would he's a pop artist. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily. He's do you like you do know. you like Garth Brooks? Are you into Garth Brooks? <laughs> Garth Brooks. <laughs> what? Um, uh, but yeah, with this one, you know, look, I, I think Sarah Stora is really cool. Um, I think Bill Chambers is, is, you know, cool as well, but yeah, you know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. All right. Best dance release. Oh God. And I, I know, know this is, this is a know. personal, this is, come on, JP, you're not, you're not adverse to fucking throwing down some pingers and, you know, smashing out of, out of the club to Fucking seven AM, right? I, I, I've done my time. I've done my time. That's still That's your true. vibe. That's, That's still your vibe, right? Done my time. I've done my time. <clears throat> done my time. Uh, Flume, Hayden James, L D R U, Rufus, and the Avalanches. Now, well, everyone's going to be very familiar, probably, with the Avalanches and Flume. I mean, the Avalanches comeback thing. I mean, that was that was a big. I I I honestly didn't think that it would ever happen. I thought that they were just kind of playing the this game where they were. Every few years, they'd sort of, you know, tease people that they were going to come back when they, and the fact that they actually did come back, I thought that was kind of risky because it was like, oh fuck, now it's like real, it better be yeah. good. 
Well, it was it was good. I mean, I listened to it, and a, and a friend of mine um, actually ran owns the sort of label that did the marketing and artwork and stuff for for the avalanches. And he he was telling me about the process of getting it together and all the cool shit that they were doing, the cool ideas, like all the samples that they used for that album. They set up a small independent label to to re-release all the old albums that they got the samples from which is really right. cool. So they did a bunch of cool stuff like that. But it is a it is a bit of an indication of the of the of music today where even with all the hype surrounding and granted it's more from people our age and maybe a little bit younger and a bit older um all the hype around, you know, the return of the avalanches. I mean, the fact is that album's kind of been and gone now, right? Like it's 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 it was really well received, got great reviews, but it's it's done now. And it's just sort of the transient nature of music these days. It's like, yeah, you, you need to be putting out a record every kind of year and a half. If not, if not sooner, you need yeah. to be releasing music constantly to stay on people's radar. So I think it's great that they did it. It was a great record. I listened to it, um, a couple of times. Um, and I thought it was really fucking cool. Um, but it's kind of been and gone in terms of the impact. Whereas somebody like Flume seems to still be very much in, on people's, you know, like um, there, he's still on the tip of people's tongues. You know, he's like he's really out there. So I would say he's going to win. Yeah, Flume's going to win that one. So have we moved on now to like not just who we want to win, but let's go predictions from now on. Let's okay. let's lock in predictions. Um, I reckon. So you're saying Flume for this yeah. one? Yeah. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna Faux agree with you. Shizzle. I think. Faux I think. Shizzle. Yeah, I think Flume as well. You're right. All right, best rock album. Ballpark Music, Boy and Bear, Gang of Youths, Living End, Violent Soho. Now, you know, obviously I come from a, a, a kind of rock pedigree, so this probably isn't going to surprise anyone. But, you know, I do think that all five of those bands are fucking awesome bands. And, um, you know, I would be very happy to see any of them win it. I think, though, Violent Soho are going to win it. Really? Well, you know yeah. what's interesting? There's the Gang of Youths album is actually a six-track EP, and under the Aria sort of uh, categories, a six-track uh, EP still counts as an album. So there's been Bullshit. a little bit of yeah, there's been a little bit of uh, a little bit of talk about um, you know whether or not they should be in this, they should be eligible for nomination because it's only an EP. Anyway, I really like Gang of Youths, and a mate of mine mixed that a uh, bunch of those singles and I, I really think they're they're good and you know they've got yeah. something kind of special so i'd be happy with them boy and bear are good mates of mine and i would you know I, I would always love to see them get up ballpark music i've really come to like a lot um yeah, living in fucking great. legends you know it's, it's living in yeah. the legends and it's just amazing that they're still kicking ass and violent soho i do like a lot i listened i was actually listening to them on spotify the other day while i was cooking my dinner and um and i was listening to them because i because you'd said that you liked them and um, yeah, they're good, you know. So I don't kind of, I don't know. I don't. I kind of don't want anybody to lose. So I don't yeah, know. It's I don't. A, yeah, it's kind of. It's definitely one of those categories where I'd be really stoked for anyone to win. But I think Soho are going to win it just because out of all of those bands, they've had the they've had a pretty massive year. I mean, they're on tour at the moment and playing like ridiculous. They're playing the Horden and stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're doing like big outdoor, you know venues as, as well and they're, they're smashing it you know in a big way um okay so best independent release okay 
So this is interesting, right? Best independent release. Flume, Jared James, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, my mates. Yep, your buddy. Sia and Violent Soho again. Now, this is, you know, when you've got someone like Flume, or, yeah, someone like Flume and Sia in the best independent category, I think that goes a long way to show how much the landscape has changed, you know. But i got to say, though, right, so I don't, I don't know the story behind Sia's independent status, but Flume, right? So the guy that owns Flume's label is a guy called Nathan, right? And years and years ago, when, when I was just in uni, I, I was mates with... So Nathan was going out with a girl from my high school. And Nathan and a guy called Daryl, who's a really good mate of mine still, who runs Garrosale Trail here in, in Sydney, which is a big national event... Those guys started a, they started a, they started a streaming service like 20 years ago. They, they started, it was called Plan B and they, or Town B, sorry, Town B. And it was like, a, it was a, it was an on-demand streaming service for live shows and they ran a DJ night and they, and, and Nathan started his label, Future Classics back then. Mm. Um, and so he is a completely properly legit independent label owner. He, he started it from scratch yeah. Had the had the foresight to sign Flume and has become massive um, subsequently. So Flume, regardless of how massive he is, he is legit an independent artist. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I I would I would you know I think you know indicator for the winner of the best independent release should be how successful or how able how successfully it crossed into the mainstream. I, I feel I feel like that's a good kind of good indi- indication of what the winner of an independent release should be, and so I reckon Flume's Flume should rightfully get it. Are you still independent though? If you have mainstream distribution, no, no, you, you're so you're you have to have. I think the the criteria is that it's an independent label. Yeah, you, that's right. So you, it has to be an independent label, but it can have um, mainstream yeah. distribution. So I have been nominated for this um, award a few times, and it's because. I've been signed to, previously I was signed to Ivy League, which is an independent label, but it had distribution through Universal. So it's, it's who you signed to rather than who you distributed through. And I reckon that it should, like to be truly independent, it should cut out all the majors in terms of distribution. It should be purely independent. But hey, hey, what the fuck do I know? You know? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know, because the thing is like, if you're an independent label and you want your act to have the best chance at success, you negotiate distribution with a major. And I, I think that you shouldn't be sort of penalised for having business savvy. You know what oh, I'm yeah, saying, sh- Kev? Yeah, I mean, totally. What, you want people, do you want people to fail? You want people to fail? That's like a completely separate issue to a category in the Arias. I mean, like, if we're going to have a best independent release, let's celebrate true independence, you know? I hear what you're saying about, like, you know, independent labels, you know, wanting the best success they possibly can for, for their artists. Of course, everybody wants to be successful. But um, there are other categories for that, right? Like all the others? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's still, I mean, it's legit. If you're an independent label, I mean, like the guy, Nathan, who's who's the label owner, he funds the records and that's, it's an independent release. Mm. He, yeah, he pays for it that... from his own money, you know. It's not like he's not like a major label's paying for the the funding sure. of the label. Of the, of the yeah, record. yeah, sure. But like I, you know, okay, the last year, but I record we pretty much we recorded, produced, like we paid for everything, and then we were signed to. We gave 
signed to due process to put that record out, and it came out through Universal. So, is that an independent record? Yeah, or not it is. Yeah, it's an but I would say record. because it's distributed by a major label, that takes that away its independence. Because even though we we paid for everything, it's still being marketed and distributed by a, a multinational corporation. Well, I don't know. It's contentious. At the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I, I doesn't, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> All right. Best urban album. Um, I, I like to call this the best Keith urban album. Best Ke- I know. I was going to say, like, how the fuck does Keith not get a go in the best urban album? Well, it should there just be like, like or it should just be all of Keith Urban's albums. And exactly. You're just no, deciding no, just, between no, one of his just, albums. Just not all his ones, his best five. Yeah, his best, best five, five albums. Five yeah, albums. and then you choose out of that. Yeah, I think that would be a fitting kind of thing to do for one of our Australia's greatest artists, Keith yeah, Urban. Exactly. Best let's give him his own. Album. Let's give him his. Give, let's him his give own the guy award. his own category. Yeah. yeah. Just, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And every time, every year, it's, it's just, just a, like, yeah. what if your your same record just kept winning year to year? It's like, no, it's like this is clearly made. my best album. This is the best urban album. It's the it's one of five years in a row. <laughs> ten ten years in of. a row. <laughs> you know what it'll be? It'll be the best of Keith Urban. The best of Keith Urban will keep winning best urban album every year. <laughs> obviously, obviously. Best urban album, Citizen K, Draft, Coy Child, L Fresh the Lion, and Earth Boy. I'm going to go for this one. I'm going to go Earth Boy. I think Earth Boy can do this. I reckon Earth Boy could do it, and I really want Earth Boy to, to win it. Earth Boy is like, I would consider him a mate, and he is a fucking legend, man. He's like super smart. So he, I mean, you would be aware he not only is a solo artist, he's also a member of The Herd, which is a yep. seminal seminal australian hip-hop act um he's also manages hermitude i don't know if you knew that no but and he runs the label that l fresh the lion is is on so he's a he's like he's basically like biggie but australian and a white guy and not a, also not a drug, i think not he, also a drug um, dealer and a you know etc but he's he's a but legend he put out a record this year that was you know really critically um praised and i don't know like i just I just got a feeling that he, he's made the kind of record that's got enough kind of critical attention and enough popular attention. Yeah, that it'll you know it could like he could get he could uh, get bring home the chocolates. Yeah, I really hope Earthboy wins because I've I've actually worked with him on a track that we did for charity and he um, is a just an amazing worker. Like he really really like really labors over his lyrics and you know lyrics is a thing that I hold dear to my heart and he really labors over his lyrics he's an amazing lyricist so i really hope he wins best pop release flume illy sia the veronicas and troy let me ask you about the veronicas kev because i got nothing against them but like they've been around for a long time and they seem to sort of be always you know I, i don't know like sort of in the magazines and stuff like that but are they are they still actually popular? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think they're kind of they're a big singles. I think they have big radio. But do they play singles, shows you know? or like? I don't know. They used to many years ago. I know they've been in America for years, but certainly many years ago when they were based in Australia, yeah, they toured, played shows. 
But yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know that much about them. Um, I feel like if you look at that list, right, Flume, Elysia, the Veronicas and Troy, Savan, I feel like the Veronicas, it, it's, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me, even though they're clearly a pop act. I just don't feel like they are, are sort of actually part of the, the pop culture like those other well, actors. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's, I think this is a really interesting category because Flume, you would kind of put in the dance, well, they're nominated for best dance release as well. Illy, I would put in a sort of almost the urban yeah, kind of field. Um, and then you've got Sia and the Veronicas and Troy Savan, who are probably more traditional pop pop artists. Um, Sia, obviously, is and, and Troy Savan have both had massive success. I don't know. Who the fuck's going to win this? I reckon, I, I reckon I think Troy's going to win. So if Troy wins this, does he win everything? Because I think the same thing with Flume. Like, if Flume wins this, does he also win Album of the Year, Best Male Artist? Because Flume and Troy Savan are nominated for pretty much all the same categories. Yeah, so, but I think... but I think, And you know what happens at these things? It's like so many times, not every year, but many years, somebody just wins a fucking... One, one person ends up winning like half a dozen awards. Yeah, yeah. I think Flume will win lots of stuff, but I reckon Troy Savan will win this particular one because... That My Youth song was a monster hit. And I think Flume is still, you know, he's, I mean, pop means popular, right? So that's, that's what it means. And Flume is extremely popular. But I still feel like Flume has more kind of indie cred than Troy Sivan. And in terms of the voting, it's voted by, I mean, I voted. You probably voted, right? I don't, yeah, I voted, but I only voted for, um, no, I didn't vote for all categories. Well, I, Did you vote for all categories? I voted... No, I didn't. I didn't vote for all categories because I just couldn't... I just didn't know some of the acts in some of the categories, so it wasn't appropriate for me to judge. But I think, like, you know, when I judged this, I actually... I voted for Sia because I, I respect her songwriting and I think she's done good stuff. But I reckon Troy Savan will win because in terms of, like, being a full-on pop act, he he is that guy, you know? He is, he is yeah. pure pop. So... I don't know. Who knows? But I reckon Troy's got it. And his his name's um, Troy. Best. Troy. His name's Troy. That's such an Australian Troy. name. I know. Hey, Troy. But it's but it but it's spelt T R O Y E. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's Troy. Okay. Um, best. It's best adult alternative album. This Jared is, James. This is a funny Matt category, Gordy, isn't it? This is you got to Peter Garrett. Oh yeah. Well, look now they've yeah okay. So, best out alternative album: Jared James, Matt Corby, Peter Garrett, Sarah Blasco, The Temper Trap. Now, the one that really sticks out for me in this is The Temper Trap because they're a rock band. Like, I would have thought they would be in the rock best rock album category. I don't. They're not that rocky though. They're more like a Coldplay sort of act. So they're you know. I, no, but, but you're splitting hairs. I mean, come on. But, they're a rock band. But where would you put four, like, where would you put Coldplay? If Coldplay was an Australian band, where would you put them? Rock. Really? They're a rock band. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think I feel the same about Jared James. I feel like he's more like a, a pop guy. So why is he in adult? Because adult alternative yeah. for me is more like Blasco, Paul Dempsey, you know, Peter Garrett. Yeah. yeah I, I, Peter Garrett, I wouldn't have even said that. I would have said Peter Garrett for adult contemporary, you know? Paul Kelly. Yeah, me too. I don't know. It's it's a fucking weird category. It's like I remember for years it was just best adult contemporary and that was it. And I and I've won two of those, right? So it's like I know that know that category. And then one year they changed it to best adult adult alternative. 
And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. That's great. And now instead of just sticking to one or the other, they've got both. And I just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, I sort of understand how Matt Corby is adult alternative, I guess. But for me, it would... Just, it would, I know, well, just. For me, it kind of relates to radio stations, right? So it's like best adult contemporary album would be stuff that only gets played on Double J, whereas best adult alternative would be stuff that's going to get played on Double J next album, but at the moment it's getting played on Triple J. <laughs> well, and, and anything that sort of describes itself as alternative immediately kind of, you know, comes into question what the fuck what alter, you know yeah what, what is alternative, alternative alternative to what <laughs> yeah yeah it doesn't uh but uh but anyway i mean look for this one look i think the temper trap are a rock band in my head so i would go i you know look i i'd i'd go pete garrett i reckon pete garrett or maybe matt corby could win it i i, I really don't know this one's a weird one for jared james to me i don't think he's I don't think he fits in this category, so I think people would just kind of skim over that. Matt Corby definitely could win. Peter Garrett, I think, you know, could definitely get, you know, the sort of legacy vote of people that just respect him and, and want, to, want him to win because they like him and respect what he's done. I would love to see Blasco win this because I think she's yeah. just, she's just a, a brilliant artist that's been so consistently excellent. Um, yeah. And I think it's, hard, it's harder and harder in Australia for for um you know women musicians of a certain ilk to continue to be lauded yeah. in the way that they deserve to be lauded so i'd like i would like blasco to win um best adult contemporary album bernard fanning bob evans paul kelly robert forster and tina arena once again um we're looking at a you know stellar lineup my, uh, uh, well look <laughs> I, I do think that, you know, there's I'm I'm definitely in good company there in terms of songwriting and stuff. But again, you know, there's one woman to four men. And in the adult alternative and adult contemporary categories that kind of suggest that it's an award that uh, rewards kind of traditional kind of songwriting and stuff. You know? Yeah, that, yeah. That's the kind of Fair suggestion. Yeah. Um, I think it is interesting that, you know, that yeah, like uh, females are kind of underrepresented in those categories. Um, you know, more so than perhaps in like some other categories, uh, like the pop category, for example, where you got Sia and the Veronicas or uh, or whatever. But anyway, um, that one obviously I'm not going to win. I think Bernard Fanning will win this one, um, but I think Paul Kelly and Robert Foster and Tina Arena are all. Um, uh, incredible uh, artists in their own in their own world. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, Paul Kelly always gets nominated in this category, and he often wins. I think he must have a lot of these these awards. Um, <laughs> and, you know, fucking good on him. He's a legend. He's like a total yeah total legend. I would if yeah. if I could dream of a career. Take my award, Paul. Take mine. <laughs> yeah. But if I could dream, Just, if I'll I could dream of a I'm... career that I would like to emulate, it would be Paul Kelly. So good on him. He deserves it. He's just done a fucking he's had a yeah. stellar career bernard fanning yeah. yeah i agree i think that he has a great chance this this album seems to have done really really well a fucking notable absence is paul dempsey i know i know i don't i don't get it 
That I mean, that record um, is really fucking good, and it seems to have gone quite well. So I don't. It was popular. I know. Was he? Did he miss weird. the the cutoff for the for the? No, he didn't. His record came out before mine. So I don't yeah, know. So, I don't sometimes know. that happens. I, I mean, sometimes Kev, the industry gets it wrong. You know. So, um, you know, sometimes the industry gets it wrong, Kev. So. Oh, you know. <laughs> so you got to roll with it. You got to roll with it, and you've got to just bounce back. Breakthrough <laughs> artist. Okay, this is an this is an interesting one on paper. I like their names. So we got DMAs, yeah. L LDRU, yeah. Montaigne, Olymp- Olympia, <laughs> and Safia. Um, I think Montaigne and Olympia are both brilliant. Um, I like DMAs. I like DMAs, they re- but I, I think I like them mostly because they remind me of a lot of stuff that I like rather than yeah. them being, you know what I mean? I'm, like, not, I'm not a big fan. I, like, I don't think they're doing anything, you know, yeah. I don't think they're doing I, I, anything I, good, anything, you know, amazing or sort of pushing, yeah, pushing they're, anything. They're, to me, yeah, to me, they, I, I like them because they sound like stuff that I used to like. Yeah, you know? I mean, good on which, them. Which is, I, I, I'll, yeah. always, I'll always be totally up for... Any Australian act doing well, you know, both here and internationally, I think it's always good for every other act in Australia. I personally am not a not a big fan, but I've got nothing but respect for any any act what that's got. Does, but LDRU, what does? But LDRU, I have no what, idea. What who the does fuck LDRU stand for? I don't know. What does it stand for? I don't know okay, what it stands well, for, and I also let's don't try and figure it out. Okay. Love, last, laughter, love, love. That's good. Love, love drugs. No, love. It's got to be love, drugs, love, drug, running, running, running. Love drugs, love running drugs, under, running, Earth Boy. <laughs> love, love drugs. drugs, love drugs, rock, love drugs, rock, rock up, love drugs, uh, rock up. up. Love. Oh, drugs, what about love drugs ramping up? up? Love drugs ramping love, up. No, I, I love drugs, and I, I. If you love drugs, you're gonna rock up. Yeah, love man. drugs, rock up, rock up. That should be the love drugs rock up. That should be the um like the catchphrase on this tour that we're about to do. It's like every time after the after every yeah. show, you just like love drugs, love drugs, yeah. rock rock up, man. You're, you're ready to rock love up. Drugs. Let's rock. Love drugs, rock up. Rock up, but man. just make, but just make sure you're up by you know twelve thirty because <laughs> I'm gonna get up with the kids in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have. I think we might have busted that. Love drugs, rock up. Rock I reckon up. that's it. Love drugs, okay. rock up. Okay. Uh, so that was breakthrough artist. Yeah, like I said, I think either Montaigne or Olympia. I think would be very worthy winners. Yeah, uh, Montaigne is a legend. We have the same management, and I reckon she's super talented. And Olympia, I actually toured with. We did a long tour together, and she is so gifted. She's so talented, and and she does. She like directs all her own film clips and stuff like that. So either of them, I'd be just. I think they would be great to win. I think Montaigne, like. You know, now that I'm actually thinking about the fact that we're supposed to be picking who we think is going to win rather than who we would like to see win, I think Montaigne could yeah, totally I, do it. I think Montaigne She's could had do enough. it. I really hope she does. I reckon DMAs could also win. Oh, the... Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Okay, best group. King Gears and the Liz Wiz, your, your buddies. Your buddies. Rufus, the Avalanches, the Veronicas and Violet Soho. Now, this is interesting because the best group... You know, again, and this is the changing of the times, you know, an award like Best Group, it used to really be dominated by rock bands, guitar bands or whatever. But you look at Best Group and it's like you've got Rufus, the Avalanches the, and the Veronicas in mm. there. Um, so King Gears and Violent Soho obviously still sort of representing um, more traditional kind of rock and roll. But 
Yeah, it's a real mixed bag. A totally mixed bag. And I guess that's kind of as it should be. Yeah, you I mean it's got... it's a it's a representation of the times. I mean it's it's of, a group. They're a, they're a group, you know. Those those acts yeah. they they're not I mean what constitutes a a group? Is it actually, actually that's a good point. Does it have to be more than two to be a group? No, it What's a, it has what to constitutes be a group two. of people? It only has to be more than one. Is that because true? Because the Veronicas, well, the Veronicas are nominated and they're two. I think the Avalanches are technically two and Rufus, I'm pretty sure, are two as well, isn't it? I don't know. But I just mean dictionary definition. What, what constitutes a group. a group? Yeah. I mean, I think, right, I think well, maybe we should take that up with, uh, with Aria. Let's, well, let's take it up with Wikipedia. Um, what constitutes a group? Well, I mean, in traditional kind of music terminology you you know you have duo trio all that kind of stuff well what's a group it's a group is it's an entity that has a collective goal and is linked to an external environment okay so it can be any number so, of, it can just it needs to be more than one but it has a collective so it's goal. it's got to be more than one okay yeah, fair yeah. enough fair enough um, um yeah who's going to win this i i'm going to give it to the avalanches i i reckon violent soho have enough um Sort of, I think they're a chance. Too, yeah, I reckon yeah. they've got a chance. I, yeah, I mean, I reckon they're going to win best rock album, and to win best group, I'd love to see them win best group. Um, but I don't know. I just, I'm not sure if they're sort of. We're getting to these kind of awards now. You know, it's like really kind of up to. It's real mainstream, you know, yeah, yeah. and. You know, like, so part of me is kind of thinking, like, which of these acts are going to be the most sort of well-known in the mainstream? But, yeah, I'd love Fonso to win it, but I've got a feeling that the Avalanches might win it. Um, Okay, best female artist. Yeah, this is a... I reckon this is kind of an interesting one. I was just looking at it, and it kind of feels like there's two little groups within this group. So there's, there's, like, Delta, Jessica, and Sia in the kind of pop, you know, like mainstream pop yeah. world, and then there's Blasco and Montaigne and, in the kind of yeah. indie pop world. So yeah. for for my money, you know, in the so within those two subgroups, I would I'd I would love to see Malboy win because I think she's great. I think she's she's a fellow ambassador on the Indigenous Literacy Foundation with me, and she's she's good. Like she's got a fucking amazing voice, and she's an actress. She's like you know she's the full kind of triple threat. Yeah, I think you know. In terms of Australian music, I still reckon Jessica would be would be good. And then in the in the uh, in the sort of indie pop category sub subcategory of that category, I think. I mean, either either Montaigne or Blasco would be great. I love Blasco; she's fucking amazing. I do have a bit of a soft spot for Montaigne being on the same management, and also because she's a young artist. I think it's it would be great for her to win this. Because oh, look, I think for. You know, I think for Montaigne, it's amazing just to uh, like f- on her first album to be nominated for for this. Oh yeah, she, she's like yeah. In terms of sort of that group of of young artists, yeah, yeah. That, she's she, like she's like the mo- you know most likely to succeed. I reckon at this point. Um, I think Sia should win it just because when you look at those five, if we're talking best female artist, who which, out of those five women, who has had the most global success? Um, and who has had the most sort of impact internationally? I think Sia is pretty, almost untouchable. That's true. That that, yeah, that is true. She's she is um, she's done amazing things. Um, but you know, you got to give uh, Goodrum some some props as well. I mean, she's 
she's a, a you know a judge on on X Factor, right? Um, did you? What's what's with her album cover where she's? It's like it's like half like her lower half is like a lion or a tiger. Or no, something? isn't isn't she race? She's racing against a leopard, isn't she? She's like running as fast. As she, it, she's beating a she's beating a cheetah. She's so fast. Beating a cheetah. She's so powerful and fast that she's beating a, a cheetah, and she's fierce. You know, I had a weird experience with Delta once, um, <laughs> where I was at the Sony Studios recording my last record I recorded a bunch of it at Sony and she's a Sony artist and um, you know when you've seen somebody on TV so many times you just you like you, you could miss, you just sort of think you know them <laughs> I don't know if you've had that experience yeah, absolutely so I just reckon you know yeah. so like I walked in <laughs> I walked in I've never met her I don't know her don't have any connection to her at all I've, there we go and yeah, she was happened? she was sitting there and I, and I walked in and she sort of looked up and I don't think she would have recognized me, but maybe she's just being nice and she, she sort of... I'd say she probably didn't, Josh. Yeah, I would say she probably didn't. And she, <laughs> she like sort of looked up and, and smiled and I went, hey, how are you going? And I, and, she, and I leaned in to kiss her hello. <laughs> and, I did, and I just kissed her hello. And she was like, hey, how are you going? And I was like, yeah, yeah, good. And then in my mind, I was like, I don't know. I don't know Delta at all. And then I was like, yeah, cool, okay, all right, yeah, good yeah. on you. Okay, see you, bye-bye. And I just got carried away. It's funny. Um, when so this is appropriate because you know we talk about the areas. The only time I've I've ever now I know you've done this on more than one occasion, but the only time I've ever been asked to present an award was in 2012, I think it was, um, and I presented the best adult contemporary award with uh, Claire Bowditch, and the winner that night was Missy Higgins, um, <laughs> and. I was like, you know, it was, it was one of the, it was towards the end of the night and uh, the ceremony or whatever. I, I was, I was pretty drunk, <laughs> but I was really, I, I was really, really happy that Missy won it. You know, I think she's great. And I thought she made a great record and she came up and I was like, yeah, you know, I went to sort of <laughs> throw, <laughs> this is up on stage at the Arias, mind you, throw my arms around and give her a big hug. And I could just tell that she was just a bit weirded out by me and that she, <laughs> I don't know. I just got the feeling that she was just like, "Get the fuck away from me!" Oh, so that no. I can have you ever see my mate. have you ever spoken to her about it? No, I haven't seen her since. But um, I think I might have just been a little bit overly enthusiastic with my, you know, my happiness. Okay, best male artist. <laughs> All right, Bernard now we Fanning. we know a bit about this, don't we, mate? Eh? both being but, males. Well, I, eh? I well, I know, I know more about being male than I do about. Winning this category. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Best male artist, Bernard Fanning, Flume, Guy Sebastian, Illy, and Troy, T-R-O-Y-E, Savan. Um, look, I think that... I just get a feeling that someone like Flume is going to kind of clean up. Yeah, me and too. Yeah. I just think... I think this is like... They're all like Troy Savan and Illy and Bernard Fanning are all... They all could win it, but I just feel like so often we just see somebody just kind of clean up a heap of awards, I, and I just yeah. feel like Flume could be that person. I think so. I mean, and and, and he deserves it. He's a he's a legit world beater. He's you know playing massive venues all over the world. Um, and if you, I mean, I think if you think about it in that context, 
Even Troy Savan, who's had big international success. Yeah, massive. But I think Flume yeah. has had sort of more, you know, over over two albums now, he's had big, big international success. So I reckon, you know, I reckon he's I reckon he's got it in the bag. Who who knows? But unless people are unless there's already backlash towards him, which happens in Australia, um, you know, when somebody becomes very successful, there's there's often the tall poppy syndrome thing in Australia. It's it seems to happen. And I don't know why, but it's like it's it's you know, an Australian artist that achieves a lot overseas should be lauded and celebrated because it's very, very fucking hard. Um, but we've, you know, we've all seen it. We've all seen it over the years that people kind of go like, oh, this guy, oh, he's big overseas now. He's like too big for his fucking home, is he? He's too big for home. <laughs> too big for it. He's so, you're too good for your so home. fucking good. <laughs> you're too fucking good I for wish. your home, mate. But um, I, I wish, I would love to be. Um, the object, the object of tall poppy syndrome. I'd lo- I would awesome. also, I would love to be too good for my home. I would love it. <laughs> um, but I, but maybe it's changed. No, I don't know. But I, I feel like the tall poppy syndrome was was very much a thing in the '90s and the early 2000s, and we we all saw it. You know, like just you know observationally. But I th- yeah, I kind of feel like maybe with the um, you know, the kind of flat Earth policy and the kind of globalization of everything because of social media and stuff like that and on-demand culture and yada, 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 maybe maybe it's not as big an issue anymore. You know what I mean? What, what do you think? Um, I think the whole idea of success now is more acceptable. You know, like I think you see it in the way that like young bands kind of, or the idea of selling out, you know, like nobody, like in the 90s, you know, in the decade that I sort of grew up in, like and we both did um, the idea of like selling your songs to like big car advertise uh, uh, adverts yeah, and stuff you, like that. You would definitely it like, you'd think twice you would about it, wouldn't never you? Never think twice. You just would never do it. You <laughs> say no, Jebediah. We said no to all sorts of shit in the nineties that you know we could have made so much money and we said no to so much stuff. And I just think now that's all gone away, you know. And and that's not a judgment on it being good or bad. It's just an observation of like the current culture that like I think young people now they have a different view of success. You know, they they success is cool. Su- success in and of itself is cool. Whereas in the whereas in the generation that we grew up in, there was like success wasn't cool. Yeah, you know, I remember. Like, I remember like had- uh, listening to a on on Denton when um, Daniel Johns was on Denton years ago, and he was talking about how he was not the cool kid at school, even when his band had sold 3 million records. And he was like, no, 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 we weren't the cool kids at school. The guys in a punk band that nobody had even heard of and who changed their name every week, they were the cool guys. And we were like the terrible sellouts, you know what I mean? Which is so fucking shit. They're like 14-year-old millionaires who have beaten the world in terms of getting their music out there. They They should have been, you know, they should have been the cool guys at school. All right, so let's go to the final award. Uh, the uh, it's the album of the year, but it's the Telstra album of the year. Just so, just does, so that we all know that Telstra. Uh, like, how do you even be, how, get naming rights? I guess you just pay money. Yeah, they're a major sponsor. They're a major sponsor for the yeah. for the event. Yeah. Imagine, imagine, like, just could you ever imagine, like, you know. It could be the Josh Pike adult contemporary album. Well, that's a that's a good that's a good point. Like, how yeah. much would it cost? How much would it how cost? How much would it cost? Yeah, to get. I bet it's to get less than we think. I bet it's less than we think. It might be like ten grand you know? or something. 
<laughs> probably. It probably could be 10 grand. Imagine if we pulled our, um, pulled our money, like get a pledge. Pull our money, five grand each. Yeah, get like let's a pledge account. Five grand each. <laughs> Let's, let's put in five grand each and see if we can get like the, the Josh Pike, the Josh, Josh Pike and Bob, Bob Evans, Evans best adult alternative <laughs> album. <laughs> we always should be the Josh Pike, Bob Evans best hard rock slash heavy metal. Oh yeah, album. true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Tesla, 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 album of the year. Best Tesla, um, best Tesla album of the year. The test, the uh, testicle album of the year um, is between Flume. Rufus, Sia, the Avalanches, and Troy Savant. Now, you know, the first most obvious observation with that is that zero guitars. Mm, very interesting, isn't it? Wow. It's the death of music. Well, it's the death of guitars. <laughs> <laughs> but um, look, again, I just think Flume. I, I think, think Flume as well. You know, He's had a huge year. I mean, the Avalanches, again, it's sort of back to that thing they have you know they have sort of legacy appeal and the myth mythology and you know they're undoubtedly incredibly influential in that sort of you know in that sort of sampling uh music making world but did the did the album actually have as much impact as the sort of promise of it did i don't know i don't think it did and uh, look I, and i think looking at like these guys um you know troy savan i mean they're nominated, Flume and Troy Savannah are nominated, uh, just sort of scanning through. It looks like they're nominated in almost all the same awards. And again, like, I just think, like, so often one person kind of takes out the lot. It's very rare that you'll find it kind of, like, flip-flopping be- between one and the other, you know. Yeah. One, but do- one artist getting album and the other getting mail and the other getting group. and what, But I feel, like, know, like, I feel like Troy had a... Troy is a single artist, you know what I mean? He had like a big single or a couple of big singles, but Flume's al- actual album seems to have done well. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I reckon Flume, I reckon Flume's got it. And, and, and I think Flume also has a pedigree because it's his second album, right? So yeah, yeah. people are more, f- people are more familiar. Um, whereas Troy Sivan is kind of newer. Um, so yeah, I, I just got a feeling that Flume is just going to kind of, probably take out like three or four awards you know yeah uh, maybe more but um, i think i think the important the really important question here is is what are you going to wear i what am i going to well i'm going to wear exactly the same thing that i've <laughs> all the clothes that i bought to wear for my uh photo shoot for my album cover okay um but underneath that i'm going to wear a frilly pair of red lace underwear really wow <laughs> that's cool that is cool man that is well, really you know, cool because you gotta sometimes you just gotta do shit to keep things exciting what yeah. are you gonna wear josh i don't know I, I actually i really have been thinking about this a bit because i don't i don't want to just i don't want to fucking wear a suit and all that kind of stuff it's it's always in november or you know late october it's always really hot as well you know what yeah, I mean? yeah so you go there wearing you know like a suit and you so I literally think I'm just going to wear jeans and a t-shirt and maybe a leather jacket. Do it. Thongs. Thongs. Thongs, yeah. I'm just going to wear a thong. Well, a thong. Tame Impala, yeah. Last time I saw Tame Impala at the RS, they were pretty much just wearing jeans and t-shirts and thongs. Yeah. So why not? Why, why, why not? We're musicians. We're not like business people. Why would we wear a suit and tie? You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. I didn't become a musician to, to wear a suit and tie. Amen to that. Woo! If I could high five you right now, I would. 
All right, Joshua Pye, thank you so much for joining me for this uh, special edition of the Bobcast where we went through the ARIA Awards. I, you know, look, as you, if, if you've got this far and listening to it, you've realised that we haven't really done a hell of a lot of research and don't really know what we're talking about. But um, look, at the end of the day, um, I think it's okay to kind of poke fun at the ARIAs. I think it's okay to kind of be critical of the ARIAs. Um, I also think it's really great that we celebrate um, Australian music and uh, the artistry of people that uh, you know often put in a shitload of time and effort without getting paid a lot of money to do what they love to do. So it's all a, a, a big. Uh... No, I think it's true. I think it's you know like it, it, the ARIAs you know gets gets flack um, and rightfully so sometimes. You know, I mean, there was the debacle of the areas that they held in various locations around Sydney one year and yeah. um, when we did when we were nominated for the Basement Birds. Um, and I just... Oh, did you go? Did yeah, you go I, went, I went to one of the events, you know. You it was, represented Yeah, us. it was up on like this hill in the middle of nowhere up, up near Circular yeah. Quay. But the point is they're trying to do something. At the end of the day, Australian musicians... You know, we don't have that many avenues for like, you know, sort of mainstream recognition. Um, no. And it's it's great. And it's especially great to see people like Fanny Lumsden and, you know, some of the independent acts and, you know, Montaigne and Olympia, people doing something a bit different, um, yeah. getting a bit of, uh, you know, televised coverage. So I think it's, I think it's a really important thing, yeah. but I definitely think it's also fun to take the piss out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're a, we're a small industry. The Australian music industry is small. And I think it's really important that we celebrate the people that have had genuine success, you know, particularly overseas success. Um, I think it's really important that we all are kind of, you know, in each other's corner and, you know, in a, in a, and the RS kind of, you know, it gives us the opportunity to do that. So uh, thank you, Josh. Thank you. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week for rehearsals. Yeah. Tour. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and I'll I'll see you at the Aries. Will do. See you there.